Sometimes it feels like the sun will never rise, like the birds will never sing again. Believe That's right. When you don't know what to do, just keep on breathing. From the City of Angels in Los Angeles, welcome to all my listeners out there in Radio Land. I'm Dave, the Caregiver's Caregiver at caregiverdave.com. And unfortunately, Adrian won't be able to join us today. But we are also coming to you live and on demand 24-7 on numerous syndicated radio and podcast networks on 26 global audio and video platforms like iTunes, YouTube, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Vimeo, and a whole bunch more. And we are proud to be voted number one caregiver podcast of the top 50 on Player FM and number two caregiver podcast on Feedspot out of the top 60 and number two on CaringVillage.com. And we have an especially exciting show planned for you today. I couldn't say that all in one breath. Patricia Boswell is a licensed practical nurse who's worked in home healthcare settings as well as in private duty nursing, hospice, group homes, and senior living centers. She's a certified dementia practitioner from the National Council of Certified Dementia Practitioners and holds a certification aging in place specialist designation from the National Association of Home Builders. Boswell is actively involved with the Alzheimer's Association, where she's part of the advocacy and diversity outreach team for the national organization. And before we get started, I do want to thank my my last week's guest, who was Kathy Murphy. And she's been caregiving for 42 and a half years with her son, Matt, who's Down syndrome with about a two-year level. And uh, it's a great interview. And just a reminder, you can watch that interview and listen to all our interviews, including this one on our membership website, caregiverdave.com, or many of the other 26 global audio and video platforms I mentioned a moment ago. And uh, okay, enough of that. Patricia, welcome to the Caregiver Dave Show. We're so excited to have you on. Thank you, Dave. I'm excited to be on. Yes, um, and, it's, and it's exciting to have the birds there chirping with you as well. And Yes, I'm um, in my backyard, and I love my backyard, and I do gardening. You're in New York? I love my, I'm in New York, and believe it or not, we do have backyards with grass and flowers. Yeah, I heard that a tree grew in Brooklyn, so I, I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, but uh, not all cement Padum. and pavement. So let me ask, <laughs> what area in New York do you live? I mean, is, it looks like it's Fire Island. The boogie, the boogie down Bronx. The Bronx. My father opened the gas station in the Bronx in 1945. And then he moved us up here in 1960 really? to get away from the cold. So if you ever get tired of the cold, just move to Southern California. But I have to warn you, it was a nicer place in 1960 than it was is today. Okay. So, I was just out there now about four months ago. Yeah. So it was a little different. And so. New York, California, Hawaii, uh, they all used to be great places, but I don't know. Anyway, uh, I'd like to ask my guest uh, the first question. Who is Patricia Boswell and why was she placed on this earth? Well, Patricia Boswell has moved around a few times because I've been... I have been married for 39 years to a college basketball coach, Division One, and so really? we've had an opportunity 
to live in other places and to travel. And we've been back in the Boogie Down Bronx for the last 20 years. And in the last 12 years, I decided while I was in between business marketing jobs that I would just see what was going on in the health field. And to my knowledge and my astonishment, nothing had changed with home care or advocacy for the loved one or for yourself in the healthcare area. And so I was like, this is crazy that nothing has changed. So I decided, you know, maybe I'm the one that should start the change. So I picked this subject because I saw it as a real need because people stay in denial about it for so long. <laughs> and then I also noticed that people just stay in denial about health care, their own health care. And then I realized, too, that people did not know how to advocate for themselves or for their loved one. And that, you know, maybe all physicians aren't totally correct, or maybe the physician is not totally the one for you. So amen, that, amen, that's amen. how I came. Yes, yeah, so that's how I came about <clears throat> that. And having a business background and all the experience in operations management and marketing and sales and all, I just thought I could present this better. I could advocate better. And then I had taken care of a few people since I've been back. And I've been a hospice nurse. And I love that because I'm advocating for the person that's really at their weakest moment. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times is around a lot of chaos. Not that they're bringing the chaos, but the chaos is coming to them. So I felt the need for that and advocating for, like I said, for that person. And things just kept materializing on what was needed in this particular caregiving, um, what's the word I want to use? Environment. Uh, environment. That's a good word. Environment. <laughs> because it's very chaotic because we as humans can be very chaotic. <laughs> Amen am I that. right or am I wrong? You're absolutely we are not right. Always, we're not always proactive. We're reactive. Right. Situations. And and dementia has been a big part of my life because my mother died of it and my mother-in-law died of it. Now my aunt, my mother's sister has it, and we're dealing with that now. And she's 84 now. My mother died at 94, I think it was. And uh, my wife's mother died at, um, not, how old was she? <laughs> Maybe 89 or no, I think she was 94 also. So anyway, yeah. um there's a lot of things I've learned about de dementia and Alzheimer's. And in fact, I've been getting regular checkups, taking the test every six months because yeah. I, I don't want to be the last person to know that I have a problem. You know, a friend of mine who's only 45 right. just got diagnosed with early onset dementia. It's a scary thing. And so that I try to do all the things, you know, necessary to keep my mind sharp speaking and, right. and radio show and try to learn songs on my piano and, and just all sorts of things. Right. What are some tips for spotting Alzheimer's and dementia at the earliest possible points to ensure better care, right? It's, it's better if you catch it early or slows it down or what? What? Well, you know, the one thing that I talk about, Dave, in my book, and this is my book, Love and Joy. Caregiving with Love and Joy. Well, that's the only yeah. way to do it. Yes, yes, yes. And so what I realized that 
it's not so much that's a thick okay. book by the way <laughs> but it's a very good book and it's, it's like an encyclopedia everything you ever wanted to know yeah. about no 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 it's really <laughs> a reference book i talk about self-care that people don't do while they're caregiving i talk about resources i talk about different stories i talk about a lot of different things it's like it's a, a reference book. book if you need it it's in there Right. But it also is a book that you should read before you get to this point. And that's what I was getting ready to say. Non-caregivers. Non-caregivers. Why do we wait till we have issues right. to read on subject matters? Why don't we start reading just like you read a mystery, just right. like you read a love story, you know, um, do planning because somewhere along the line, you're going to be a caregiver. For right. someone. So be prepared. It's like planning. When you're doing your estate planning, pick the book that, you know, talks about different diseases that people will have. Let's not just wait till it actually happens. Because you might not be the direct caregiver, but you might know someone that has asked you to be on their team. And so if you're already educated, you know, when they say, can you be on my team to help me with this situation on Tuesdays, you will be more apt to say yes, because you already know what they're referring to as far as being on your team. So that's another thing I talk about is being on your team. Having I like a that team. word. I, I like that word. Um, I've got a team because you can't do it alone. You cannot do this this disease alone everybody wants to think they can and then <laughs> as they start to develop all kinds of health issues because they've been alone and now they have all this stress because they've been alone now it's like oh my god what do i do and so if we prepare ourselves and talk more about caregiving and who's going to be the caregiver as you're putting your estate plan together or even if you don't have the ability to put your estate plan together, you know that you're going to need a plan. Everybody plans to go to kindergarten. Everybody plans to graduate from high school. Everybody plans to get a trade or do a, a, a hobby. And so early, you asked the question about early signs. To me, this is the early sign. Let's get prepared. So the earliest, okay. the earliest sign is really before there are any signs. Get prepared. That's right. <laughs> right. You got idea. it, Dave. You got should, it. Why don't they teach us this in school? You know, they teach you how to uh, make a grilled oh. cheese sandwich in, in home ec. Why don't they teach you how to be a caregiver since it's going to be a, an eventuality? Dave, Dave, they don't even do home ec anymore. I know what you're talking about. I did home ec. You mean they can't they even cook? Oh, my gosh. Yes, you know, so this is about part of life planning is being prepared ahead of time so that you know what you might wind up having to do. Okay, because so how do we prepare? How do we prepare? Let's give some how do you specifics. How do we prepare? Okay. So with Alzheimer's, I think the best way to prepare, if, you start, if you've been around someone and all of a sudden you're noticing, okay, I know I told them about this particular appointment or why are they having now all these post-its on the wall when they have a phone book? 
because now it's easier to look at the post-its than try to figure it out in the phone book by looking it up alphabetically. Or if someone is now looking for their keys more often, but then when they are finding their keys, they don't know what to do with the keys or what the keys are for, okay? So when someone is around someone who's doing that and still doesn't think there's a problem, they have the problem because now they're not being, they're in denial and they're not being proactive. And then the person that that's having these issues and they're spending more time. I always say you stay, everybody knows when their body is shutting down about something, you know, because no one knows your body better than you. So I always feel from my observation that when someone starts to pick that person, they're picking that person to be their advocate way ahead of time before they even get to the point where that person really says to themselves, something is wrong here. And so they start leaning on that person. They know they can manipulate that person. That person's going to tell little stories, you know, when they're having their shortcomings in the beginning. So there is so many signs of when this is about to get worse and that you need to go for a diagnosis. And when you go for the diagnosis, you just need to start seeing a neurologist. You need to talk to your primary care doctor. And now the primary care doctor doesn't know that you're having these issues unless you tell him he's having your or her that you're having these issues because you're only spending a few minutes with that person for your annual physical. And you're that's why you need to go with your loved one to the doctor because they don't always tell the truth. Yes, but then at that, they don't always tell the truth. But at the same time, when that is happening in the early stages, the loved one is not asking that person to come. They're still going, thinking there's something that they're okay to go by themselves, but they're really not okay to go by themselves. And so that to me is if the person's working or they're in a social group, it's the responsibility of who they're interacting with to say to another family member, I think you need to help your loved one because we're seeing these issues and you might not see these issues because you're not spending the same kind of quality time with them. Maybe they're in New York and you're in California and you're only talking to them on the phone. I, I know people that have done this and then they go to the person's house and they can't believe how the home has become a hoarder place how they have not changed their clothes because they've been talking to them on the phone so there's a whole different dynamics there so when you say to me about what are the signs there's so many signs and it depends on where you are in this disease let me ask you um is forgetfulness necessarily a sign it could be it could not be because i i'm forgetful all the time And everybody well, says, oh, man, I, mean, I just can't remember things as I used to. That's when, but that's when I was saying it's not that you might. I forget certain things, too. And sometimes I forget people's names. But it was when you're starting to forget everybody's name. Or like <laughs> I mentioned before, when you don't know what to do with the keys and you're constantly, and constantly looking for keys. Or you can't find, remember numerous times you can't find your car because you don't remember where you parked yeah or you and that doesn't count when you're at disneyland and and you're looking for it uh, and you forget 
well, take trick a picture is, of that sign that you parked. Right. That's right. That's that's the key. <clears throat> but I go into a room all the time and forget why I went in there and I have to go back and try to figure out. Someone told me that if you eventually remember what you forgot, you're OK. But when you right. when it's gone forever, when it sinks into some dark black hole in your head and it, you'll never see it again, then you got a problem. Then you have a problem. And people like you and I forget a little bit more because you know why? We are doing multitasking and multi-scheduling and multi-stuff, stuff, stuff, stuff. And we don't know when to stop and say, you know what? Let me regroup. Let me mentally regroup. Let me take a night out and not think about any work or anything. That's different. Yeah. Are you in agreement with me on that one? Of course I'm in agreement with you. Yes. Because, you know, even today, as busy as I was, I can't tell you how many meetings. This is my second podcast. (laughs) How much research I've done, you know. And don't forget, we're theoretically only using 3% of our brain. Some are using less. And, and it's amazing that we can do what we do. That's like yes, using 3% yes. of, your, of your computer. I mean, I can't make it work. Yes. But so that's, that to me is the early signs, is knowing and watching and being involved with your loved one to notice these particular signs All and right. not to be in denial when so you're let's, seeing. Let's, let's talk about diet, nutrition, health, exercise, does that play a part in in dementia, Alzheimer's prevention? I really believe that. I also believe that you have to stay very active. I think people should work longer. They don't have to work at what they were doing. You can have five different careers during your lifetime. But I think the word retirement is not a very good word. Death usually follows. Yes, you're changing your position of what you're going to be doing right. for the next decade, you know, and life is changing and computers are here and technology keeps advancing and you have to stay on top of it. You can't, you know, if you're a senior, yeah, go back to school, go back to school because they're eventually we're living to 90 and hundred years old, 20 years from now, if you're 70 years old, you will, not be able to send a piece of paper into the social security office so you need to be having someone help you technology wise or you need to be up to to uh the best part of of your abilities to work with social security or any entity by technology and that's by constantly learning i you know the brain regenerates itself and that it's a muscle and like you said exercise is just like if you were exercising on a treadmill and then when I go on a treadmill, I just think I'm, I'm airing out my mind. It, it just allows me, you know, a walk too, just to be, to rejuvenate my, yeah. my creativity. So yes, to your answer, to your question, we have to constantly continue to do something. We need to be passionate about it and we need to love it. We yeah, don't have and, to live with it forever, though. And you're an expert with home upgrades, and you've got that certification. Yes, what I should go, we I be go. doing to our homes to make our loved one more comfortable? Right. <clears throat> Looking at, you know, I'm in the process of doing things from my own home, just like I just revamped my yard so that it's easier. There's more perennials. I have more different types of flower pots. Because I know I don't want to be planting as much 
and needing to do it. But at the same time, I know that my steps to my basement needed to be done a little differently because I don't want to slip and fall. One of my other things that I say to people that I don't, that I do when I'm thinking is, and it's not even at my home, but look at your surroundings. Like if you're at the mall, maybe you shouldn't be going up and down the steps as you're aging because that one step at the bottom, how many people miss that step and twist their ankle? So I am always like, it's not about laziness. It's about safety for me. So I take the escalator or I might take the elevator because I look at the steps and I'm like, I have too many things to do. I can't afford to fall and miss this step or somebody's all of a sudden decides to rush down the steps and push me to the left or the right. And now I'm sitting down with a broken ankle or twisted ankle. So, yes, <laughs> I look at everything surrounding. And yes, the question was, what should you do? I think as you're aging and you're deciding to downsize, people re-evaluate, re but they don't re-evaluate. And one of my pet peeves is when they renovate their bathroom, why don't they put a higher toilet in their bathroom? Hmm. Like, you know, it's they seem to go to a lower toilet. But if you Candy got back height, you, yeah. and you ha you're getting older, you need a higher toilet. You know, it's easier than putting that extra seat on five years later when you could have done it right in the very beginning. Yeah. Look at your entryway steps. Are you lifting your leg up more to get into the entryway of your home? So these are the tips that I yeah. look at when I'm looking at aging in place. Yeah, and we I'm installed a walk-in tub. That's the latest thing now, you know. Walk-in tub. But what you really should be focusing on too is really how is your shower because is it wheelchair accessible is it going to be able to be wheelchair accessible in 10 years maybe you might need a wheelchair so people and you can make all these things look just as lovely right. as if you didn't have all the stuff but aging in place is about aging totally throughout your whole life so I believe in certain things, no matter what age you are, because also you never know if you're going to have a parent come live with you. Boy, so if you sure. have that extra room and you're renovating or you're building, think about your guests that are coming to visit you. I always say. Put them on the ground floor. On the ground floor. Or if they're already on the ground floor, is this room um, accessible to a wheelchair? Or is this the shower appropriate? Do yeah. you really need a tub? Maybe you just need a larger shower with a seat in it. So yeah. that's one of the things and, that and I even if you have a, a two-story house, you don't have to sell it because they've got elevators now, very economic ones, or those right. things that go upstairs by sitting down on the chair, you know. A chair lift too, you know. So you know, you can do it maybe you can't carry things up and down the steps, but you can put it on a chair leaf seat but you're still capable of going up and down the steps. And that's a good form of exercise. And yes, you know, you have that last step. So you're going to watch. So you don't fall and hurt yourself on that last step, because you're going to have sufficient lighting as you're going down the steps to the laundry room. If you have a laundry room downstairs, it's not on the same level as your kitchen or your bedroom. So, I just want people to think ahead about what they're doing, yeah. 
you know, if you're it, what you're doing, if you're investing fifty, sixty thousand dollars in a renovation, and you're sixty years old, why are you not looking at different ways to make things more comfortable for yourself? Yeah. Well, let's talk about the caregiver now. We're running out of time, so in like two, three minutes, tell us how a caregiver can now take care of themselves because they're probably overworked. They don't want to burn out. Right. As I talk about it in the book, love and joy, that love and joy is about you too. Balancing it out. I have a whole segment on doing exercise with your loved one, but also doing exercise and nutrition for yourself too. Mm. So it goes hand in hand, making preparing meals ahead of time because your time is limited. But you're also making nutritional meals for your loved one at the same time. And you're involved in the preparation. There's a period of time where that person can be involved in the preparation. And I talk about also how to do meditation, how to set up your wheel to do meditation, how to do so many different things that's going to help you. And the resources. There's so many resources out there that can help balance your life out while you're the caregiver. But the biggest point is putting that team together in the very beginning and allowing yourself to have that team help you get through the process. That's right. Don't forget the team. The team. I are sitting there watching sports and that's a team sport. Even though it might be tennis and golf, you got a team helping you become very efficient proficient with your tennis or golf, even though it's a single sport. That's right. Caregiving is a Am I right? sport. Absolutely. Well, anyway, I can't believe how fast our time has gone. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Patricia. How can listeners reach you or get a hold of your book or maybe even speak to you? Oh, they can get a hold of me at caregivingwithloveandjoy.com. They can purchase the book, Caregiving with Love and Joy. Uh, I can be reached at patboswell.com. Pat at patboswell.com. And I can be reached. You can send me a text. I'll be more than willing to answer any questions. But I am available to help anyone with this disease and caregiving. Awesome. And remember, everybody, that purchase the book. Don't forget to purchase the book and all the platforms. Of course. Remember, all our live shows become recorded, pod, and video cast on all your favorite platforms. You can purchase. Um, my newly released book, Secrets from the Hammock, Uncommon Wisdom from Un- for Uncommon Times, a great book that's changing lives all over the world about wisdom, and it's available wherever books are sold, and also at caregiverdave.com, which is my free membership website. And we have a f- membership community with lots of tools, resources, free gifts, 34,000 followers. If you click the like or follow button on whatever platform you're watching or listening to this interview on, it helps us reach even more caregivers by improving Google search engine algorithms. I like saying that word. <laughs> Thanks to all my listeners out there all over the world, uh, tuning in every Wednesday and making us the number one caregiver podcast on the internet. So until next week, same time, same channel. May God richly bless you. Bye-bye. I'm Dave Nassani. My fourth book, Secrets from the Hammock, Uncommon Wisdom for Uncommon Times, is a number one bestseller on Amazon. As a young boy, I was told I possessed an unusual amount of wisdom for my age. As a young man, I found myself counseling friends and older family members whenever they needed answers to their problems. Then at 21, I read the Bible for the very first time and learned how King Solomon asked God for wisdom instead of riches 
yet he received both. I was so impressed that I too asked God for wisdom. Soon after, I discovered when lying on my hammock, I would receive wisdom from God. This book is the result of my passion to share with the world wisdom's tremendous benefits. Join me as I reveal practical aspects of wisdom for the mind, body, and spirit. 31 lessons I learned from God that can change your life. Available in hardcover, audible, Kindle, and paperback, wherever books are sold. I've spoken all over the country and London, and am available to speak at your event. Contact me at hammockwisdom.com. Sometimes it feels like the sun will never rise, like the birds will never sing again. Keep breathing, take it in and let it out. Keep breathing, it's gonna be okay. Don't